Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Okay. Yeah, we're going to start a series in Proverbs. Uh, what I want to do in this little section here, this session, is uh, give you a brief intro to the book of Proverbs. It's going to be a crash course in Proverbs. Um, I want to do it in three ways, three steps. We're going to uh, show a video here in a minute uh, of uh, an overview of Proverbs. That'll take about eight minutes, eight minutes and 14 seconds to be exact. We're going to then, in step two, answer three basic questions. We're going to talk about who wrote Proverbs, who is speaking in Proverbs, and who is being represented in Proverbs, or we could say represented and revealed in Proverbs. And then finally, step three, we'll get into today in our next session, chapter three of Proverbs. And here's, it's going to sound strange, but we're going to read chapter one, verse seven verses. I'm going to ask you to read chapter two this afternoon after your favorite nap that you take every Sunday, uh, for those who do. Read chapter two, if you would, and then We'll continue on with an in-depth study of just chapter 3. But I'm hoping this will all serve to whet your appetite and get you excited about the book of Proverbs because it really is a great book. So we want to, at this point, read Proverbs 1, uh, 1 to 7. If you want to follow in your Bible or it will be on the screen, Proverbs 1, 1 to 7 says this, The Proverbs of Solomon the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction. And this is his whole purpose statement, his purpose for the book. It is to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. <clears throat> so, Let's pray for a moment and then we'll, we'll get going. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Proverbs. Thank you for the wisdom that comes from you through the Proverbs. Guide us in our study, Lord, and lead us uh, today by the Holy Spirit. Empower us. Empower the message. May you accomplish your work today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> We're going to show the video first. Andy, would you do that? This is an overview of the book of Proverbs from a ministry called the Bible Project. And you can find that on YouTube. This is taken from YouTube. And uh, I think you'll enjoy this. This will be the fastest artwork you've ever seen in your life. So, Andy. Unfortunately, due to copyright reasons, we're not going to play the video through this message at this time. If you would like to listen or watch the video, please go to YouTube and search for Proverbs and look for the video entitled Overview Proverbs by Bible Project. You can also find the link to the video in the description of this audio podcast. We now turn you back over to our speaker, Mike Fitzhugh. 
And if I could only preach that concisely and, and, and uh, communicate that much in such a short time. But I can't, as you know. So, um, three questions. Just want to give you those real quick here. Uh, they kind of relate to what you just saw. Um, first of all, who wrote the book of Proverbs? Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Well, we saw the video. Proverbs was written by a number of people. The primary author is Solomon, King Solomon, as you know. It was also, you know, Solomon, king of Israel. And in 1 Kings 4.32, it says that Solomon spoke 3,000 Proverbs and knew 1,005 songs. That's a lot of memory work, wouldn't you say? 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 songs. Uh, it was written by Solomon, king of Israel, also by King Lemuel and his mother. Um, the Proverbs came from those two. That's Proverbs chapter 30. And then, as you saw in the video, by King Agur. King Agur, and of him we know virtually nothing uh, except that he's mentioned there in Proverbs chapter 31. And he wrote those. Uh, now, ultimately, we know that all the Proverbs were inspired and composed by whom? Anybody? Holy Spirit, right? So, yeah, we could say that. Uh, composed by, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that means that they are the very words of God. And our second question is not only who wrote it, who composed Proverbs, but who is speaking in the book? And we can, that can be answered in a number of ways. We could rightfully say Solomon, the king of Israel, uh, the people we mentioned. Um, but I should say this first, Solomon, the king of Israel, Solomon as a father and as a parent, as we saw speaking to his son. Uh, Solomon and others such as King Lemuel, Lemuel's mother and King Agur, um, and obviously, the whole, God, the Holy Spirit, is speaking. And then the third question, who is represented uh, or revealed, represented and revealed in the Proverbs or by the Proverbs? <clears throat> uh, who do these Proverbs and their writers represent and reveal besides the writers and persons we've already mentioned? Uh, first of all, the various Proverbs represent and they reveal God the Father. God the Father is typified by Solomon the Father teaching his son. We could say that in Proverbs, God the Father is teaching his sons and his daughters. That is, we as believers, because it is the word of God. Uh, wisdom and lady wisdom are also represented and revealed. Wisdom and lady wisdom who is wisdom personified, as was mentioned. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is represented. Why is that? Because it is in him uh, that are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2.3. Uh, he's the source of all of this wisdom, of all the wisdom that exists, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So he certainly is represented and revealed. God the Holy Spirit, the one who breathed out God's words of wisdom through the biblical writers, he's represented, he's revealed, and the words of Proverbs also represent, obviously, God, his word, and his law. So uh, that just gives us a, an idea of what this book, who it reveals, who it represents. Um, they're a part of all scripture that's inspired by God, and it's all profitable, right, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, 
for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, may be perfect, may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, And that's why this book and learning this book is so exciting because the wisdom of our omniscient God is available to us through Proverbs and through the Holy Spirit and through our relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a very quick, okay, overview and introduction to the book of Proverbs. In our next session, we'll get into chapter 3 and dive right in, okay? All right. It's time to ask our brother Mike to come back up again and give us the rest of the message the Lord's laid on his heart. Brother Mike. Thank you. Okay, we're going to get back into Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, I think I'll have a word of prayer, though. Let's do that first. Father, we, we always pray before a message because we acknowledge that we need your help, and I certainly need your help today. I pray that you would use your word today in our hearts, that you would um, truly show us how much wonderful wisdom there is in this wonderful book, uh, not only in Proverbs itself, but in your, your entire word, the Bible itself. Oh, Lord, just guide us in our study Uh, illuminate our minds by your Holy Spirit and do it, please, for your glory. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we get into our study today, um, as we consider what we've covered so far in Proverbs, we gave you kind of an overview and an introduction to the book. Um, But I would remind us that the main writer of the Proverbs, King Solomon, was a master teacher, preacher, and poet a master teacher, preacher, and poet. Uh, This is obvious in the book of Proverbs as you study it and read it, uh, as well as in Ecclesiastes, where he calls himself the preacher, right? The preacher. Um, Ecclesiastes 1 uh, 1 opens by saying, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And then when when you get to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, um, Ecclesiastes 12 in verse 11, he says this. Let me make sure I'm in the right book. Yeah, chapter 12. Um, God's word says this. In addition to being a wise man. Yeah, we're going to look at 9 through 11 first. Correct? Is that what we have up there? Yeah, okay. Just be sure I'm coordinated with my wife there. Uh, In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge And he pondered and searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. Well, that's something all preachers should do. Amen? Right? That's what we should all be doing. Um, And then in verse 11 of chapter 12, it says, The words of wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails. They are given by one shepherd, both You know, both goads and nails were tools of the shepherd, tools of a shepherd. A goad was a spiked stick, had a little hook on it that was pointed, and it was used to to kind of prod the sheep, the sheep that wanted to go astray, um, to get them back and all that kind of thing, uh, to direct wayward sheep. And then well-driven nails were sometimes used in a number of ways, of course, but when they would build pens to kind of contain the sheep, they could use nails for that purpose. Um, 
the, the word for nails also can refer, as I understand it, to tent pegs. So people would secure their tents with the big pegs they drive in the ground. And then we, and Bill McDonald brought this up uh, somewhere, I read, um, that we use pegs to hang our thoughts on. So there's kind of a number of ways to look at that, you know. Uh, we, we hang our coats on them, actually. But we, hang our, we can, in Proverbs, hang our thoughts on those pegs. So uh, I'll read it again. The words of wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails. that are given by one shepherd. And, of course, that shepherd is the Lord. Um, and God saw to it that he provided wisdom for his people. Solomon knew that his writings were upright, true, and from... God, the one shepherd. He also knew that the law was God's word and wisdom. It was given for the benefit of his people. And I think in the King James Version that uh, Lanny read, he talked about to his, he talked to his son and said, remember my law. And uh, he used the word Torah. So Solomon was in, of course, in terms of historical context, uh, connected to the law, the Mosaic law. And he even looked at his own teachings as law and as uh, spiritual laws. So that's what we're going to be learning in Proverbs as we go along. But as I thought about that this past week, I thought of Solomon as a teacher. And I am convinced that as a teacher, he had one of the great desires that all teachers have or should have. And that is that when they teach their people or their students, they want them to do what? Remember it right? They want them to remember the teaching. I mean, why go to all the trouble of working and studying? And I know brother, you do, brother Buck does, and a number of you men do when you preach, you work and you study and you prepare. Why go to all that trouble just to have your people forget what you've said the the next day, right? Or whatever it might be. Um, uh, I heard, I once heard a preacher say that most people in most churches, I don't know if this is probably not true here, most people in most churches remember a thimbleful of what is said in a sermon, and then they spill that out on the steps as they leave the building. <laughs> That's a little cynical, but uh, I think you get the point. You know, we do tend to forget a lot, don't we? And, and I'd be the first to admit that myself. Uh, I, you know, if I could just remember at will everything I've ever studied, wouldn't that be nice, you know? But I seem to be getting older, and that doesn't seem to be happening as I, as I get older, and it probably won't either. Um, but it is true that any teacher or preacher worth his salt has the great desire that his listeners remember that which he has taught them, or she has taught them, if she's teaching the ladies or, or whatever, or children. The apostle Peter had this great desire. You, you'll recognize this. Uh, he wrote this in Second Peter 1 after he tells them that they've been granted everything pertaining to life and godliness. In Second uh, Peter 1, 3, uh, after he says that, he says in 12 to 15, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth, which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, or his body, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent 
that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Peter knew from a revelation of the Lord that his time on earth was short. And so he wanted to work hard and be diligent and review, review, review his teaching and make sure that once he was dead and gone, they remembered what he said. That's just the mark of a good preacher. Somehow we have to, you know, what do you do when you drive a nail? You hit it over and over and over again, don't you? And so you'll find that I tend to do that. I review a lot, but now you know my reason. Um, It's so that you remember, okay? It's so important. Um, As a master preacher and teacher, Solomon had that same great desire for his son, uh, especially his son, not to forget what he had taught and preached. Back in chapter 2, 1 and 2, Uh, we see Solomon or read Solomon. He says, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure, literally it means uh, store up. If you'll receive my words and treasure or store up my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. And then now in chapter three, verse one, Solomon says, my son, do not forget. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. That is, don't forget them, keep obeying them. uh, And God desires that same thing for us today. He wants us to remember. In fact, take a concordance sometime and just search out the word remember, right? The Lord tells us over and over, remember my word, remember my commandments, remember what I've said, you know, so that that's very important. Um, And obviously, the preacher and teacher Solomon wanted his lessons and his sermons and his teachings to stick, to stick like glue. And uh, boy, pray pray for preachers that way. Pray that they will do that, that their messages will stick. Um, And so that's why I've titled our study in Proverbs 3, Remembering and Keeping the Teachings and Commandments of God's Wisdom. And then subtitle, The Do's, Don'ts, and Rewards of God's Wisdom. We want to remember these things as well as obey them. And I'll explain more about that title in a few moments as we go along. Uh, But first, I want you to know that we're still kind of introducing Proverbs in a lot of ways. And even today's lesson will be kind of an introduction to chapter 3. Uh, We might look at Proverbs chapter 3 as part of Solomon's written lecture or his written lesson to his son. I think we can look at that in in that way. Um, It's that lecture that he's teaching his son, his lecture notes, if you will. When I do my messages, I'm kind of unorthodox in this way compared to other preachers, but um, I type out my messages word for word. That way I think through my entire message. I know everything that I want to say. And then if the Lord gives me something else to say while I'm preaching it, I'll do that, you know. Um, But I have it then right in front of me. I've got my lesson in front of me. And in a sense, that's what we're reading here. uh, Solomon's lecture notes to his son. Uh, And they're very specific, obviously, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, Often a Sunday school teacher will do that, right? How many here have taught Sunday school at some point? A number of you. Uh, they will have a Sunday school lesson. They will have it right in front of them. 
and you either follow it closely or you don't or whatever. You know, there are various ways to do it. But you know what I'm saying here. So in this chapter is one of Solomon's many lessons or lectures in Proverbs intended by God and by Christ and by wisdom for all of us. And I want you to remember as we study Proverbs that the words Christ and God and wisdom, they're all synonymous. We're all referring to the same person when we talk, especially in Proverbs, Lady Wisdom or Wisdom. Uh, We could even call... Uh, could say Lady Wisdom or Lord Wisdom and still be referring to the Lord, to God, to Christ. Okay, so I I know you know that, but I just thought it would remind us of that um, as we consider this. Now in 3.1, he says, and I want you to see how Solomon begins chapter 3 with a reminder. He's pointing back to what he's already taught. And in 3.1, he says, My son, do not forget my teaching." But let your heart keep my commandments. And notice that Solomon is equating his teaching with his commandments. Uh, But before we go any further, also notice that this lesson is rather unique in its structure and in its approach. In a definite and in a unique way, uh, there is in this particular chapter, the teaching lesson is comprised of three main elements. And they occur over and over and over again. Three main elements in this particular chapter. There are, namely, don'ts, do's, and rewards. Don'ts, do's, and rewards. As far as the way Solomon is teaching. And it's interesting that he does that because he does refer to his teaching as commandments and as law, his law. Don'ts, do's, and rewards. So before we get into the specifics of chapter 3 today... I want to first, in summary fashion, go down through the chapter and show you how this works, this pattern of don'ts, do's, and rewards. Um, Take a look at these, these these do's and don'ts, if you will. But I'm going to call them don'ts, do's, and rewards first. Uh, Often people criticize Christianity and say it's just a religion of do's and don'ts. How many have heard that said? We hear it all the time. Just a religion of do's and don'ts because you can't do this and you can't do that and you don't do this and, you know, you know how people are. Uh, Just a list, a list, a religion of do's and don'ts and a bunch of boring rules. Um, We know how that goes. But I would say that uh, even though the Christian faith certainly contains various do's and don'ts, that is not necessarily a bad thing. Let me tell you why. I mean, I'm glad that God has moral laws and standards that prohibit things like murder and adultery, right? And lying and stealing and those sorts of things. Um, They are certainly helpful in maintaining order and security in our society, uh, especially in light of the lawlessness that we see in our own day today that's on the rise, increasing more and more. However, I would also be quick to say that true Christianity is not merely about do's and don'ts. In fact, I would say it's more about the do's, a lot more do's than don'ts. Um, Because in reality, there are an infinite number of do's, blessings and rewards connected to our faith, many of which we're going to see in this chapter as we go along. But when we really think about it, we come to realize that we live in a world of do's and don'ts, many of them are for our own safety and our own good, right? 
Now, just some common things that you see in life. How about the sign that says, caution, do not touch high voltage? Okay? The reason kids don't, shouldn't play uh, on power stations and climb up the ladders and do silly things like that is because they will be fried if, if they do, such, or they might be. Uh, high voltage, obviously. Uh, wet paint, do not touch. On the highway, uh, you know, if you do touch the wet paint, you're going to mess up your clothes probably. Um, on the highway, you have the sign, do not pass on a curve or on a hill, and then pass with care. That's the do. So, yeah, there are do's and don'ts in life. Um, I think of electronic devices. You may have a hair dryer, and it's got a label on there, and it says do not use, and probably a picture. Do not use near the bathtub or the shower or water for obvious reasons. Um, there are certain containers where there's a skull and crossed bones and a message that says danger, poison, can cause death, right? And uh, those are don'ts. Those are there for good reason. Um, so yes, at times the don'ts are very helpful and protective. Uh, we could also even cite the Ten Commandments. You know, they're really, those laws are beneficial in many ways for us in terms of our relationships with each other, our relationship with God. Uh, chapter 20 of Exodus, you know it, thou shalt not, you know, or don't have or worship any other gods except for the true God, Jehovah. Don't make for yourself an idol to worship. Don't make yourself... Uh, idols or serve them. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't use it in an empty and worthless way. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. A lot of don'ts there. Don't bear false witness or lie against your neighbor. Don't covet or desire or possess to possess what your neighbor has, whether it be your neighbor's house or servant or wife or uh, his ox, donkey, anything that belongs to your neighbor. Don't do those things. Um, and you'll read and st- as you read and study those laws, you'll find that ultimately they are, again, for our benefit. Lots of pluses there when we keep those laws. Um, not only that, but there's great wisdom behind them all. And that only stands to reason since God is the author of them all, right? You know, what a wonderful place the world would be if there was absolutely no false worship or false or imaginary gods, right? Or no idol worship, no taking up or using the Lord's name in vain. If there was no murder, no adultery, no theft of any kind, no lying, no coveting of what belongs to others. It's difficult to imagine such a world, but one day we are going to be in that kind of world. Amen? Heaven itself. And it does exist. Heaven itself. We're just not there yet. So as we study this chapter together, we want to learn and understand the do's, don'ts, the do's and don'ts and rewards of God's wisdom. That's what we see in the chapter, chapter three, the do's and don'ts and rewards of God's wisdom or of wisdom's teaching. And we want to see that they all are based on and flow out of our Lord and God who is all wise and all knowing Uh, the one who desires his very best for his children. He desires our very best. And so these things uh, are for our eternal God. And as we look at these 
do's, don'ts, and rewards, you'll notice that the father, Solomon, once again, he addresses his son, teaching him, warning him, instructing him in the ways of wisdom. Uh, Yet he does so here in a very unique and definite way uh, by talking about don'ts and do's and by stating the rewards or positive benefits of obeying the don't or obeying the do. And that's why I want to show you here in just a few minutes. Um, I would just say the blessings are obvious in our world. You pay attention to the high voltage sign and you're not going to get electrocuted, right? Pay attention to the do not pass sign uh, and you're not going to have a head on car crash, hopefully, unless somebody else messes up and doesn't pay attention to it. So you get the point. Uh, If you obey the... uh, the, the danger sign for the poison and you avoid ingesting the poison, then you're not, the blessing is you're going to live, you know, instead of die. So uh, again, here in chapter three, there are these don'ts and do's. And uh, by the way, I'm saying don'ts and do's in that order because that's the order they're given in the chapter. We could talk about the, the do's and the don'ts. That's how we usually say it. I'm saying don'ts and do's. That's the order they're given in the chapter. Uh, notice here, I'm getting very specific here, but take a look carefully. Uh, here in this chapter, usually the negative that you should not do comes first, and then the positive, what you should do, comes second. That's how Solomon puts them down. And so you have don'ts and do's, rather than the do's and don'ts, and he discusses, as he discusses those, he speaks about the positive results, again, the rewards, the benefits that will come when you obey his teaching in regard to the don't or the do. So follow with me, if you would. We're just going to kind of summarize the chapter or or scan the chapter and see how this works uh, in review fashion and notice the examples of the pattern. Chapter 3, verse 1, do not forget my teaching, but do, and sometimes the do is implied, let your heart keep my commandments. What's the reward? For the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. 3.3, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Do bind them around your neck, but do write them on the tablet of your heart. Okay? Uh, the reward, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. That's in verse 4. In 3, 5, and 6, the order is somewhat reversed. This is a little unusual. With the do coming first and the don't second. 3, 5 says, do trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And then 3, 6 says, do in all your ways acknowledge him. The reward or the benefit, he will make your path straight. That is, he will clear the path for you in terms of your life uh, and uh, clear the path for you to follow. We'll talk about these in detail later when we get to that. Um, Do not, in uh, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The reward or the benefit, what is it? Verse 8, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. We know David experienced that, right? All right? Uh, Psalm 51, etc. Psalm 32, um, or is it 22? I always mix those up. Um, we'll figure it out. Uh, any, anyhow, there's a health benefit 
to obeying God's wisdom and obeying his word. And 3.9, we are given the do only with the do not being implied or understood. 3.9 says, do honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. The do not that is understood or implied is that we not give him the leftovers, right? We not give him second best or third best of all that we produce. But instead, we do give him the very best. We give him the best of our time and our talents and our gifts and our efforts, uh, money, etc. Um, we give him the cream of the crop, everything that we, of everything that we produce in life. And the reward or the benefit there, verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Uh, in other words, honor the Lord first in everything, giving from all your very best, and he will bless you, he will prosper you abundantly according to his will and way and time. Now, we're not talking about a uh, health, wealth, and prosperity gospel here. This is just the promise of the word of God. Um, this is a principle in Proverbs. Uh, honor him, give him of your very best, and in some way he will bless you. It may not be financially necessarily. Uh, it may be in other ways. Maybe uh, spiritual blessings, good health, friends, family, a good reputation, etc. But there will be blessings when you honor the Lord first from uh, all your produce, all that you do in life. Well, we'll see these in more detail as we study chapter 3. But finally, notice another don't or do not in verse 11, which says, My son, do not reject the discipline or training of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Why not? Why not reject him? I mean, we don't always like his training or his discipline, do we? Why not loathe it or re reject it? Um, well, uh, it's because of this reason. He gives the reason in verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Now, this might be called the wisdom of the woodshed. Do you know what I mean by that? Okay. We all seem to know what that means, don't we? The spiritual woodshed. Um, and somebody evidently wrote a book on it. I haven't written, read that book, but they did write a book about that, The Wisdom of the Woodshed. Um, what's implied here directly, a do, and that is do accept and receive the Lord's discipline for the purposes the Lord has for it, right? Uh, that is do accept and receive the Lord's discipline as being an act of love from your heavenly Father, uh, the one who delights in you. And what is the reward? Well, it's not clearly stated here in Proverbs, but I think the reward partly is the assurance and the certainty that the Lord God Jehovah loves you, has a relationship with you, and is working in your life to train you to make you more like his son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, verse 12 says, for whom the Lord Jehovah loves he reproves even as a father, the son in whom he delights. And you can study it in Hebrews chapter 12. I'm sure you know it well. Hebrews 12, 3 through 13, it discusses and explains his discipline. God's discipline is coming from the one who has loved us with an everlasting love. Uh, and we are true and genuine sons, children of God, when we 
when we've been to the spiritual woodshed and we know that God is dealing with us on things. So Proverbs talks about that. Now, speaking of patterns, I want you to see just one more pattern. Again, these are a lot of introductory uh, thoughts here. One more pattern before we close. Um, And that is this. Notice that with only one exception, you got to look carefully here in verses verses 1 through 12, the odd-numbered verses present a negative statement in some way, and the even-numbered verses present one that is a positive statement. Verses 1, 3, 5, and 7, odd-numbered, say something negative. Verse 9 is the only exception. And then verses 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, and 12 all say something positive. I just think that's an interesting pattern to observe. Uh, And I would encourage you to notice that little pattern as you would read uh, Proverbs 3, 1 through 12 on your own again, if you would notice that pattern. Another important observation to note note is this. The number of different uh, topics and subjects that are covered in this chapter. They include, I'm just going to list them for you, the importance of teaching God's word and truth to our children as parents. The importance of remembering wisdom's teachings and commandments. Also, the importance of keeping or obeying wisdom's commandments. It includes the blessings and benefits of possessing and obeying wisdom, which is long life, peace, a good reputation, favor with God, all those kinds of things. Also, the value of mercy and kindness and truth. We'll be explaining that as we go. Uh, There are also these subjects or topics of finding favor with God and man. That's verse 4. Total trust in, commitment to the Lord, God's guidance and direction in our lives, the importance of humility, the importance of fearing God and shunning evil, the reality, availability of physical and spiritual healing, principles for giving, uh, God's discipline of his children and our response to it. We've talked about that the blessings and benefits of godly wisdom, the great value of wisdom, happiness and blessedness, wisdom's involvement in the creation, sound wisdom, discretion and security, confidence in the Lord, and the treatment of our neighbors. Whew, that's quite a list. You know, that's just one chapter, folks, okay? (laughs) All right. This chapter also deals with relationships relationships in terms of uh, our dealings with various types of people, including the wicked, the violent, the crooked, uh, the upright and the righteous, the scoffers, the fool, the afflicted, and the wise. That's just verses 31 through 35, our relationships with those kinds of people. Uh, It also talks about how to love our neighbors, how God treats both the wicked and the afflicted, And I would just say to all that, wow, that is a bunch of stuff, a bunch of good stuff in terms of wisdom, you know. Talk about a rich and full chapter full of the treasures of God's wisdom and God's knowledge. Um, So I think I'm going to stop there. Nona, if you can make a note, we're going to stop there uh, because I've given you a ton to think about today already. We've introduced the book. We did an overview. You've got that overview memorized, right? Uh, 
Uh, I wish. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that on YouTube, that little video. It's only eight minutes, eight minutes, 14 seconds long. And um, you can listen to it over and over and over. You can pause, hit the pause button and see the, the picture on the video. Um, if you could only draw that fast, right? Like they do. Um, but I think uh, my, my main point today has been hopefully to whet your appetite, like I said before. Uh, to get into the book of Proverbs and realize how much is there for us and how valuable it is for us. And uh, uh, I, I can readily admit this. I wish in many ways that I had started studying Proverbs in depth when I was a new believer, you know? I mean, I studied other things. I've been studying, you know, ever since I got saved. Uh, but to really dive into Proverbs would have saved me a lot of, a lot of headaches in life, you know. Uh, for any younger folks here, not trying to pick on you, Tyler, <laughs> but you're one of the only younger ones here. Um, uh, man, dive into Proverbs. It will save you a lot of grief. It will provide a lot of blessing. Uh, and, you know, just as the Bible says, the Lord Jesus, he grew in stature, and he grew in favor with God and man. And that's the promise uh, of Proverbs if we learn God's wisdom from this book. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, we need wisdom today in every way, no matter what our age. We need wisdom to know how to live in this dangerous world, to know how to live in this foolish world, this godless world, a world that is in so many ways against you and has totally ignored you and and abandoned you. Uh, Father, we need your wisdom to know how to exist, to skillfully live in this world, to wisely live here. And Father, we pray that you would teach us from the book of Proverbs, not just what we learn from the messages I give, but I pray that people would really um, have a desire to study this book and learn these Proverbs and apply them to their lives. Uh, And may you receive again all the glory for this, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Lord bless you.